You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. I'm so happy to be here in person. I feel like I've uh, I feel like I'm part of the family. I've been with you on Zoom in my pajamas. I got busted in my monkey pajamas. <laughs> oh wow. It's just so glorious and we've had a wonderful time with uh, with the Transform Young Adults conference just ah oh, so glorious you know I've, I've got this word which I turned into a song uh, because I just wanted to prophesy it every day it's like often when when the Lord gives me a prophetic word I'll turn that prophetic word into a song so that I can just sing it out and wage war with the words that I've received and that word is that the sons and daughters are rising that we are a generation of righteous radicals rising up, not waiting for a move of God. We are the move of God crying out, here we are, send us, God. Here we are, send us. And over the last couple of days, I've just seen, you know, uh, what, maybe 80, 90, 100 young adults from 19 different churches, I believe, just on fire for God, like up here, you know, in every t- in every worship session, just, just the hunger you could see you could sense the hunger and and it just it excites me because it's the answer to my prayers and it's the fulfillment of this prophetic word and it's the answer to the prayers of saints in this nation for hundreds of years and and it's the fulfillment of of prophecy after prophecy after prophecy that there is a generation of righteous radicals rising up in this nation, that this is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, that there is an awakening, that there is a revival that is going to be birthed in this nation and that the revival, that the awakening that's happening in this nation is going to impact the nations. And there are, there, I, I mentioned yesterday uh, that the Chinese church, the persecuted church in China, are praying for revival in Australia because they know that when revival breaks out in Australia, revival's going to break out in China. And so we are, we are that people, we are that generation. And I'm just so excited to be a part of it and to, to see what I've seen over the last couple of days and, you know, so excited to get out on the streets again today. You know, Ethan, he's just, he's, he's really on fire. You know, just, just come along just to hear Ethan preach. It's, it's really stirring me up. And uh, one of the things that's, that's really excited me about Melbourne Lights Church, because I, I kind of stalk you guys on, on social media, uh, I see all the testimonies. And, uh, and uh, one of the testimonies a while ago was, was Ethan just sharing about how he met this guy. And, uh, and there was this phrase that he used, it's what we do. Yeah. It's what we do. And, and I know that you're using the, the, the hashtag now on, uh, on social media, it's what we do. And I just love that. Uh, but I wanted to add to that, it's who we are. And I talked about this yesterday. It's who we are and it's what we do. It's who we are and it's what we do. You know, an orange tree doesn't strive to produce oranges. An orange tree produces oranges because it's an orange tree. And it's like, you know, we are righteous, so we live by faith. We are hope, 
So we share hope to the hopeless. We are light. We shine in the darkness. We are love. We love because he loved us first. We are joy and we spread joy everywhere we go. We are peace and we spread peace everywhere we go because we have the Prince of Peace living within us. And, and so I just want to say, like, it's who we are and it's, and it's what we do. Know your identity in him. Know who you are. Know him. Know, know him. Know Jesus. Know who you are in him. Be known by him and make him known. Just spread, spread the, the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere you go. Know your identity in him. Live in, in just intimacy with him. Let his love be perfected in you. So that everywhere you go, you live a lifestyle of intentionally making him known. And his kingdom will increase for his glory in your life, in your family in Dandenong, in Melbourne, in Australia, and on earth as it is in heaven. May his kingdom come and his will be done. May his kingdom come and his will be done in our lives as it is in heaven, in our families as it is in heaven, in this church as it is in heaven, in his church as it is in heaven, in our cities and in our towns, in our nation, in the nations. On earth as it is in heaven, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hmm. We love you, Jesus. I was going to talk about something else this morning, but... Last night, these guys, we were having dinner and, and Elodie, who loves Elodie? She's just amazing. It was like just a full-on joy bomb, just like, <laughs> boom, like, oh, the joy of the Lord. <laughs> so we're having dinner and Elodie just mentions communion and I'm like, oh, it's all over. I love communion. I love communion. We do this in remembrance of him. Jesus. Jesus. Our author and perfecter, our pioneer and finisher, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Our Messiah, our Savior, our King, our Lord, our Healer, our Redeemer, our Restorer, our Reconciler, the Lily of the Valley, the Rose of Sharon, or as Ethan might say, the Rose of Shazza. <laughs> he is our hope. There is hope and his name is Jesus. There is freedom and his name is Jesus. There is peace. His name is Jesus. There is joy. His name is Jesus. He's amazing. 
He's awesome. He's all powerful. On the way down here, I was just listening to uh, to Spotify, and I love to put on a song that I love, and then just let it let it flow into songs like that. And it was maybe a, a ten hour drive or something like that. So I'm just getting to hear all these new songs, and this song comes on, and the name of this song, and I, I didn't see the name of the song straight away, but I heard these lyrics: omnipotent yet intimate, omnipotent yet intimate, this all-powerful God. He created the whole universe, the stars, the planets, like just infinitely enormous yet so intricately detailed and just glorious in all of his ways. All-powerful, omnipotent, yet intimate. He wants a relationship with us. Our purpose is to have a relationship with him. He's omnipresent. He's before time, beyond time, at every single point in time, all at the same time. He's before time, beyond time, at every single point in time, all at the same time. He is right here, right now. He is right here, right now, in this room with us. And He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. 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 I remember 20 years ago, I was an ice addict. I was completely broken and hopeless addicted to ice, trying to take my own life. I was messed up. I was about as messed up as you can possibly get. I would not have made it another day, let alone another week. And this girl tells me that Jesus loves me. I'm screaming at her. I'm like, get away from me. I don't want to hear about God. I don't believe in God. And she's like, Pat, he loves you. And he set me free from addiction. And if he can do that for me, he can do that for you. She'd only been saved three weeks. And she, she invites me to a church and I'm screaming at her at this stage. I say, if I walk into a church, I'll catch on fire. That's what came out of me. I don't know if any of you have ever like been doing evangelism and you've had like a bad response. I was worse than the response that you got. I was like the worst response to a Jesus loves you that, that I've ever experienced. And so she leaves because I'm being horrible. And I'm left sitting there thinking, why would I catch on fire if I walk into a church? I don't even believe in God. Why am I afraid of a God that I don't believe in? doesn't make any sense. And in that moment, I realized that deep down inside, I did believe. 
And, you know, often this is the case. Like I was saying to the guys last night, we might get a bad response in the moment, but then often that person goes away and thinks, like, why did I react like that? You know, trust the seed. Trust the seed. Trust the seed. Jesus loves you. Trust the seed. Here's a hope card. Trust the seed because you don't know what's going on in that person's heart and you don't know what's going to happen later on that night when that person gets home and that seed's like niggling away in, in their heart because eternity is, is written, planted in every single person's heart. And, and that seed is going to stir something up in, in their spirit, in, in, their, in their soul. And that's what was happening to me. I'm thinking, why? What? Like, why did I say that? Why did I say that? And I realized that I did believe in God in that moment that, that I just opened my heart up just a little bit, just a little bit. It was like, you know, it, 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 Ethan mentioned Jesus at the door. You know, Jesus is knocking at the door of our hearts. And that night I just began to open my heart just the, just the tiniest little bit. And the moment that I did that, his love just flooded in. His love just flooded in and I experienced his presence for the first time and it was like I experienced real love for the first time. And I thought, if this God is real and he really loves me, then maybe he can help me. And not long after that, uh, my friend uh, who told me about Jesus, she, she came back. And by this stage, I'd settled down a bit and I was, and I was more open. And she actually made me lunch. And, uh, and I was like noticing that there was something different about her because I'd known her from before. And I was like looking at her life and I'm like, she was, she was this way and now she's not like that anymore. She's different. She was anxious and now she has peace. She was full of depression and and. Now she has joy. She was addicted to drugs and now she's completely free. And she's making me lunch. Like, this is just weird. Like, and I was like, what's going on? And like, God's ministering to me through all of this. And that night, she was going to church again. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to that church. And I walked in and It was just different. It was like, what's even going on here? And his worship, and I didn't really understand what was going on, you know, like often as somebody who hasn't been in a church environment before, it can be probably a little bit overwhelming. And, and, and I was like, what's going on here? Like, this is, is this a rock concert? Is this, like, what, 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 what is this, you know? But the presence of God, like I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing something that I've never really experienced before and I didn't understand and, and the worship time finished and this guy got up on the platform and he started talking about this prodigal son. This prodigal son who had taken his inheritance and, and, and swandered it and ended up living in a, in a pigsty and just, just eating the, the scraps. And he's like, if I can just go back to my father uh, and ask him for forgiveness, maybe I can be a servant in his house because even the servants in my father's house, they are treated better than what I am now. And so he goes back and, and uh, the father sees him coming and runs to meet him and 
and puts a robe on him and puts a ring on his finger, which is his inheritance restored. And he throws a big celebration. And I'm listening to this story. And, and in that moment, it was like this uh, three-way conversation began. It's the best way that I can describe it. So I'm listening to a guy preaching from the platform. Uh, but all of a sudden, God puts an ear in my heart. That's, that's the best way that I can describe this. It was like all of a sudden, there was an ear in my heart. And I started to hear... Uh, this voice speaking to my heart, I love you. I love you. You're my son. I love you and I want you to come home. I love you. You're my son and I want you to come home. I love you. You're my son and I want you to come home. I love you. You're my son and I want you to come home. And I'm, I'm starting to think, but how? <laughs> But how I've I've done this and I've done this and I've done this like like I was I was I was messed up but I was also a horrible person. And I was like, how could I possibly come back to you, God? You're holy. Like I could see that, like God is is holy. And I was sinful. And there was a there was a chasm between us. There was a there was a chasm between us. And, and I and I'm. I'm in this, this kind of tension of like God saying, I love you, you're my son, and I want you to come home. I love you, you're my son, and I want you to come home. But I'm like, how? How? How could I possibly come home? You are holy, God. You are, you are holy. You are good. You are perfect. And, and I'm sinful. I, I'm, my whole life is tainted, tainted, even the good things that I've done are tainted by sin. And in that moment, I hear that the, the pastor on the stage, this three-way conversation continues, and he says, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It was like the answer to the question that I'd been asking. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer to every problem that we are facing in the world today. No matter what the situation or circumstance, Jesus is the answer. There is no one too broken that they can't be healed. There's no one too lost that they cannot be found. There's no one too far away that, that God doesn't want to draw in close. It says that he's close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are being crushed. And that was me. I was brokenhearted. My spirit was crushed. But God met me in my mess. And I hear this, this answer. Jesus is the answer. And, and I, I, I don't even know how I knew to do this or what I was doing. I didn't wait for an altar call. I heard this verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I got up out of my seat and I just ran to the front. I got on my hands and my knees and I began to cry out, God, if you're real, help me. God, if you're real, help me. And just began to, like, it was, it was awkward. It wasn't, a, it wasn't the, the time for that, you know, like... And 
And I heard, it was like this cheering was going on. Like, I thought that it was the people in the room cheering, but now I know that it was all of heaven celebrating. It was like the roar of a stadium. It was like, yes. And I'm just like, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And in that moment, it was like my whole life flashed before my eyes. The sin, the shame, the pain, the brokenness, the abuse. It was all just, just there before me like a, like a, like a pile of, of, of garbage. And, and even the, the, the good things that I'd done, I could see they were tainted by sin. And before me was, was, was Jesus. And it was like his life flashed before my eyes. And I could see that the cross and, and the resurrection. It was like I didn't hear the gospel. I experienced the gospel in that moment. And it was like he was like, do you want to swap? <laughs> Do you want to swap your sin for my righteousness? Do you want to swap? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's the beautiful exchange. He became what I was so that I can become what he is. He became sin so that I might become righteous. And that righteousness is right standing with God so that I can be reconciled to him, so that I can have the relationship with God that he always intended me to have. And so that moment, I gave my life to Jesus, my whole life to Jesus. I held nothing back. I held nothing back. I didn't have much anyway. But in that moment... I gave everything to him. He came, he met me in my mess, and he completely ripped me out of it. He redeemed me, he restored me, he reconciled me to himself. He set me free from addiction that night, completely free from all addiction. He healed me. I'd had the lower and middle lobe of my right lung removed when I was 17. And by that stage, I was throwing up blood, throwing up black stuff. The doctors had told me I was going to die. Uh, but I knew that I was healed in that moment because that stopped. I wasn't throwing up blood and black stuff anymore after that night. So I knew that I was healed to a certain extent. It wasn't until 2011 that I had scans done in a checkup and the doctor just couldn't believe it. He went back to radiology. He was like... These must not be your results. Came back again and he's like, I cannot explain this, but you have two perfectly healthy lungs. Jesus healed me that night. Like didn't just heal me a little bit. He gave me new lungs. He set me free from addiction. He healed me. He gave me a brand new life. I'm a brand new creation in him. The old is gone. The new has come. I would have been dead 20 years ago. If it wasn't for Jesus. I love him. I love him. I love him so much. I love him so much. I'm so thankful for all he has done for me. 20 years with Jesus and... He's given me life. He's given me a family. And I just want to share. 
what I have received with others. Because he's so good. He's so good that I couldn't possibly keep this to myself. And so I want to take this communion together right now. If we want to get ready for that. I love these little, uh, these little packages. They're a little bit awkward to get open, but they're just so wonderful. It's an interesting sound as well when there's like a whole room full of people opening them. You know, it says to do this in remembrance of, of him and that's why I wanted to share my testimony so as we take this communion. Because we do this in remembrance of him. And we do this in remembrance of what he has done for us. And I cannot take this communion lightly. I cannot take this communion lightly. It's more than just an emblem. It's more than just a, a thing that we do. His body was broken for us. He was bruised. He was whipped. 39 lashes. Nails through his hands and feet. Crown of thorns on his head. For me, it's brutal, brutal. The cross was brutal. Prophet Isaiah says he was marred beyond human likeness, like unrecognizable as a person, like so badly beaten. The cross is brutal, but also beautiful. That brutal and beautiful exchange. The brutality and the beauty of the cross. That he paid the price that I couldn't pay and died the death that I deserved. His body was broken and his blood was poured out for me so that I could be washed, so that I could be washed, so that I could be washed and made new.
So I just want to take a moment. give you a moment to just remember what he's done for you, what he's brought you out of. We have a God who specializes in Red Sea situations, brings us out of wilderness into the promised land. What wilderness has he brought you out of? Maybe you're facing a wilderness situation right now and we're going to take this prophetically knowing that he's going to bring you through into the promised land. I want to take this in remembrance of him today. His body. Let's take this together in remembrance for him and in Remembrance of what he's done for us and knowing that whatever the situation or circumstance, he is victory for us today. Let's take the bread together. This blood his blood poured out for us that we would be that we would be washed whiter than the snow holy and blameless righteous, beyond reproach. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice for us. We take this in remembrance of you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you that you're here with us. Thank you, Jesus. You promised to never leave or forsake us. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Breathe on us today. Whew. 
So this picture that I've put up on the screen today, or on the screens, I've never done this before with two screens. I was like, is this okay to have two? It's a double portion. That's, 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 what, that's what she said, because I was actually thinking about maybe we need to turn off one of the screens. But then she said, no, it's a double portion. But there is only one Jesus. There is only one Jesus. There is only one true living God, and his name is Jesus. I love him, and I love this artwork. It's by a friend of mine named Lindsay Carter over in Perth. And there's a story behind this. See, I was over in Perth at a Power and Love conference, and it was the last day, and there was this guy named William Hinn. Uh, some of you may have, have, have heard him speak before. And he was just talking about awareness of Jesus, like just being aware of Jesus in every single moment, being aware of Jesus in every single moment. And, and I was just really so aware of him. <laughs> it was like we went out for lunch and he was there with us in the cafe and people started getting healed. The, the, the wait, it started with the waitress. She got healed and gave her life to Jesus. And then the owner of the restaurant came out and he gave his life to Jesus. And then there was uh, somebody else in the cafe who'd been diagnosed with cancer. We prayed for her. Uh, and uh, I never got the full testimony. Obviously, you don't know in the moment um, whether she was completely healed or not. I believe she was. Uh, but her and her husband gave her life gave their lives to Jesus, and this just broke out in this cafe, and it was, it was honestly, it was like, because there was a whole bunch of us sitting at the table, and it was like Jesus was there at the table with us, and it was just this awareness of him in, in the moment, and then later on that night, we, uh, after the, the conference had, had finished, we went down to the beach uh, at Scarborough, and a few of us were walking along the beach in Scarborough. And I see Jesus walking along the beach beside us. And people are, I see Jesus and it's like, It's kind of like, I don't know if any of you have had this experience where like you've seen him and it's, it's kind of like, it's not a light kind of thing to, to see him, you know. Like I, I mentioned like a, in that moment when I, when I gave my life to him, I, I saw him like that was eyes, eyes closed and I see like this kind of, I don't know, kind of surreal experience, I suppose. But this was walking along the beach with my eyes open and all of a sudden here he is walking along the beach beside us and it was, I don't really know how to describe it. It was awesome but also terrifying at the same time. 
because we often say, like, Jesus is coming back. Like, Jesus is coming back soon. Like, he died on the cross, he rose again, he ascended, and he is coming back again. Jesus is coming back again. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Like, there is a yearning inside of us that the, that the Spirit and the bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. There's a yearning inside of me crying out, come, Lord Jesus, come. But in that moment, It was awesome, but equally terrifying because it's like we cry out, come Lord Jesus, come, come Lord Jesus, come, but are you ready? Are you ready? And in that moment, I was terrified and I was awestruck and I was stumbling and I couldn't say a word. I was just... undone and this went on for maybe a few minutes and eventually I managed to stutter the words I see Jesus and right at that very moment a friend of mine who was on the beach with me at exactly the same time stutters exactly the same words I see Jesus. Like, it wasn't like I said, I see Jesus, and then she's like, me too. It's like, we saw Jesus. He was there, and he was brilliant, and he was glowing, and the sand was turning to glass beneath his feet. And we followed him into an amphitheater, on Scarborough Beach and as soon as he stepped off the sand onto the concrete he disappeared and this girl runs this is about 11 o'clock at night and there was people in this amphitheater drinking alcohol and this girl runs and falls down at our feet and begins to cry out I'm sorry I'm sorry, I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be doing this, I know that I've sinned, Lord, forgive me. We hadn't said a word, she saw Jesus, she saw Jesus and she ran to him and she repented and she gave her life to Jesus. We found out that they were international students from an international school and we spent the next couple of hours ministering to them and most of them gave their lives to Jesus that night. There was healings. It was incredible. And it was Jesus. Because all we did was follow him. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes we're like, we want revival. We, it's like... You know, last year I, I had a few words for Melbourne and I've been thinking about this on the way down here. Uh, one of them was revival or bust. Revival or bust. Revival or bust. I really believe for Melbourne, for Australia, for the nations, it's now is the time. It's revival or bust. 
and I wanted to come down here and talk about revival and say it's revival or bust. Now is the time. We need to get out there and preach the gospel. We need to see revival in Melbourne. This city has seen revival before in 1902. There's a great revival in the city of Melbourne, which impacted not just Melbourne, but the nations where I come from, where my church is in Helensburg. The, the Melbourne revival in 1902 spread up the coast and it went through the mining towns and the town of Helensburg where my church is. The whole town was saved. The donkeys in the mines wouldn't even obey the miners anymore because the miners weren't swearing. The way that they spoke changed. This is all documented. And then that went over, many of you have probably heard of the Welsh Revival, but those songbooks from Melbourne were taken to Wales. The Welsh Revival was actually sparked from Melbourne. Come on. So I want to talk to you about revival. You know, and then there was this roadmap to recovery. That was another moment last year where I had a word for Melbourne. There was a roadmap to recovery. And I said... Focus on what you can do, not what you can't do, and God is going to turn your roadmap to recovery into the roadmap to revival. And so I'm like, thinking about these words on the way down here, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Let's talk about revival. And then I remembered when I was up in Brisbane, a church organized a revival night, and I got there. And I saw on the screen it said Revival Night with Pat Steele and I just fell on my face and cried and was repenting and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Don't let revival become your idol. It's about him. Are we following Jesus or the things that please us? It's about Him. It's about Him. He is revival. There is no revival with Pat Steele. There is only revival with Jesus. He revived me. 20 years ago, He revived me. I was dead and now I'm alive. I was in darkness and now I'm in the light. Jesus is revival. He revived me. He can revive anyone. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And so this artwork was done at a Jesus night in Perth. Uh, they've been doing Jesus nights in amphitheaters ever since we had that encounter. The, these Jesus nights were inspired by that encounter. And at one of those Jesus nights, our friend Lindsay Carter painted this, like speed painted this on the stage, uh, inspired by that encounter that we had with him. And I'm not sure, this is saying minus 11 <laughs> minutes. It's okay, look at Jesus. Okay, I'm just going to go through a couple of things really, really quickly about Jesus. I need to, uh, to bring some scripture into this. 
Don't look at the clock, look at Jesus. <laughs> I want to honour your time, so I'm going to, um, going to move along. But Mark chapter 3, verse 14 to 15. And we'll just hit these points really quickly. Mark chapter 3, verses 14 to 15. At our church, we have an Ethan as well. He is a righteous radical. He has an incredible teaching gift. And, and uh, one, um, one night in worship, uh, he was just out cold on the floor in the glory of the Lord and his Bible was sitting there and, and, and I was looking at his Bible and he, and, he, and he highlights stuff and he circles stuff and I like my Bible to be just nice and clean. It's like, I just like, I just, I, I've got nothing against people who highlight and circle stuff and stuff like that, but I just like, I just like nice and nice and clean. But he circled things in his, in his Bible and I start reading his Bible and this, this, this verse, uh, or these verses just stood out to me. It says, Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him. And th- those were the words that he had circled. Be with him. Be with him. And that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Be with him. He called them and he appointed them that they might be with him. Be with him. Be with him. And that's the the first point. The second point, if we go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, is to look at him. Looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at him. Look at Jesus. Be with him and look at him. Do not be distracted. Do not be distracted in this hour. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Listen to him. He says in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Read his word. Listen to his word. Get the audio Bible and just listen to Jesus. I love it. I I listen to the audio Bible a lot. You know, I couldn't read before I got saved. I was like... Uh, and, I, and to be honest, it's something that I'm growing in and, and pray, praise Jesus. Uh, he's, he's doing a work in me, uh, but he taught me how to read. Holy Spirit taught me how to read it at 20 years of age. And, uh, and, but it's still not something that comes super easily to me. And so I often just listen to, 
listen to the word. And when I'm listening to the word, I often just feel like I'm listening to Jesus. And when I'm reading the word, I feel like I'm reading him. I'm reading him because he is the word become flesh. Listen to him. Listen to him. Be with him. Look at him. Listen to him. Know him. Know him. John 17 verse 3 says, Eternal life is this, to know the one true God and the one whom he sent, Jesus Christ. Eternal life is to know Jesus. The meaning of life is to know Jesus. There's a world outside our window looking for meaning. What is the meaning to life? What is the purpose of my existence? We have the answer. The meaning to life is to know Jesus. The purpose for your existence is to know him. In John 8.36 it says... You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. (laughs) What is this truth that I can know? Like, is, is there a book that I can read so that I know this knowledge, and that knowledge will make me free? That word, the word know there, is gnosis. I don't know if I've got my pronunciation right, but I looked it up in Strong's, and and uh, I love to just go deeper into like what words mean. And it, and it meant a, a personal relationship with, like an intimate relationship. And it even talked about like a Jewish idiom. It, it, it said uh, a Jewish idiom for the consummation of marriage, the, the marriage covenant, like a knowing, a knowing, like a husband knows his wife, like a wife knows her husband. You will know the truth. You will have a personal, intimate relationship with the truth, a a marriage covenant with the truth, and that truth will make you free. How do we know that Jesus is the truth? Because he said it. In John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth that he spoke about in John 8.36. And he is eternal life eternal life is this to know the one true God and the one whom he sent Jesus Christ he is the way he is the truth he is the life know him be with him look at him listen to him know him go with him go with him is the final point here I want to go to Mark Chapter 16, verses 19 to 20. This is one of the commissions in the Gospels. There's, there's these commissions. Uh, I, love, I love Mark. It's the signs, wonders and miracles gospel, I call it, because it's just, it's just glorious. And in, in Mark 16, 19 to 20, it says, So then, after he had spoken to them, He was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and they preached everywhere. Where did they go? Everywhere. 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 While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. So they went out and preached everywhere. 
And the Lord went with them and worked with them and confirmed the message that they preached through signs, wonders, and miracles. And often, you know, I'm an evangelist and, I, and, I, and I, my, my passion is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, to equip the saints to share hope. And as I go around, I often hear, you know, that the reasons why people don't feel comfortable sharing their faith or, you know, the reasons that hold people back. And some people might say evangelism is scary and hard. And I, and I say, have you tried doing it with Jesus? Have you tried doing it with Jesus? Have you tried doing evangelism with Holy Spirit? Because I believe that evangelism is fun and easy with the Holy Spirit. That, that evangelism is actually like just part of who we are. It's who we are. It's what we do. 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 We need to demystify evangelism. We need to uncomplicate it and just be who we are. We are light. In us there is no darkness at all. As he is, so are we in this world. We are light. We shine in the darkness. We are love. We love because he loved us first. We are hope. We are hope. We are hope and we bring hope to the hopeless. We are joy, we are peace. We are the redeemed. This is who we are and it's what we do. And it's Jesus, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I don't come with wise and persuasive words, Paul said but with demonstrations of power so that your faith is not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of Almighty God. What I have is not my own. I have nothing. I have nothing without him. I was a dead man 20 years ago. Everything I have is for his glory. Everything that you have is for his glory. It's him. It's him. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He loves you. He bought you with a price. May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Starting with me. Be with him. Look at him. Behold him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Listen to him. His voice, like the sound of rushing waters. Listen to him. Know him. Know him. Know Jesus. Know him. Go with him. 
go with him. Let's go with him. Let's not leave Jesus on the sidelines while we go out to do evangelism for him. Because I think that that's where we fall over a lot of the time is we, we try and do things for God instead of doing things with him. Let's go with him. Let's go with him and let's make him known. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here today with us. Lord, Lord, I pray for an awareness of your presence in the room right now. Jesus, we look to you. Jesus, we look to you. Jesus, we look to you. Lord, open our eyes to see you rightly, Jesus. Open our eyes, Lord, to see your face, to behold your beauty and your majesty. Open our ears to hear your voice. Your still small voice, your voice that sounds like the rushing of many waters. Lord, open our ears to hear your voice. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. We open the doors of our heart to you today, God. And I want to give an opportunity to respond to him. you the question, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Right now, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you have a personal intimate relationship with Jesus. Maybe you just heard about him or you know about him. And knowing about him is like having a a bottle of water in your hand when you're in the desert dying of thirst, but not taking a drink. Today's the day to take the lid off the bottle of water and have a drink. He is the living water. He is the living water. If you want to know this Jesus that I'm talking about, today is the day to give your life to Him. He loves you. 
He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Jesus, fully God, fully man, came, lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death on the cross, three days later rose again, victorious over sin, victorious over shame, victorious over guilt, victorious over every sickness and every addiction. He is victorious for you. Yesterday, today and forever. He rose again. He rose again. And if you would believe in Him, believe in Him, believe that He is who He says He is, and choose to turn, turn from going your way, turn from sin, turn from living the empty way of life, and follow Him today, you will be saved. If there's anyone in the room who needs to give their life to Jesus today, I I don't want to let this moment go without giving you that opportunity. And if that's you, I'll just get you to raise your hand just as we're in this moment. If that's you and you just know that you need to get right with Him today, i just give you an opportunity to raise your hand and we're going to pray a prayer together. I had my eyes closed so I can't see and, and it's between you and God anyway. It's not about me, it's about you and it's about Him. But I want to pray this prayer and give you the opportunity. We'll all pray it together. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross for me, taking all my sin, all my shame, all my guilt, all my pain, and rising again so that I can be free. I'm sorry for all the things that I've done that have hurt you. But today I choose to make you the Lord of my life and to follow you. Fill me with your spirit. Lead me in truth and righteousness. In Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.